Hi there, Harry from Witch here. Our research has found that millions of families are skipping meals to survive the cost of living crisis. And our figures show that over 8 in 10 people in the UK are having to make adjustments to save money on food. With the price of essential products soaring, we believe that supermarkets have to step up to the plate to help us all. That's why we've launched the Affordable Food for All campaign, calling on the big supermarkets to take action and make a real difference to communities across the UK. If you agree and would like to join our campaign, then sign our petition at witch.co.uk affordable food and use the hashtag affordable food for all on social media. Thank you. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. I think people thought, well, you know, why bother? And now much more aware that there are lots of options out there, some pretty good interest rates, and now is the time to do it. Rewind a year or so ago, the best you could hope to earn on an instant access account was 0.5%. So that is 50 quid after a year on a 10 grand deposit. Now you're looking at the best rate on an instant access account is up around 3%, just under 3%. So that means just under £300 on a 10 grand deposit. In the UK, we have around £268 billion sitting in accounts paying no interest, according to data this month from Coventry Building Society. While the cost of living is making it much harder for many of us to save in the first place, if you have managed to set aside any cash, the last thing you want is to leave this languishing. So with rates around the 4% mark in recent weeks, it is time to act. But how do you decide on the best home for your money? Well, for the latest on all things savings, I'm joined by Witch Money podcast regular and the editor of the Witch Money magazine, Jenny Ross, and also Jill Waters, retail director of National Savings and Investments, or NS&I, which is, of course, home to premium bonds. Hello, both. Hello, good to be back. And good morning. Thank you for inviting me. So to start then, it would be great to touch on exactly why savings rates are higher than we've seen for a while. Do you know what? It is so refreshing to be able to tell a different story about savings for Isn't it? Because as all of our listeners will know, for years and years, it has been the broken record of rates are still in the doldrums. Rates are at rock bottom. What is even the point of saving anymore, I think, is, is the thought that a lot of savers will have, will have had. Um, and many, many of us will have basically felt like giving up. But things have finally turned around. And actually, in the past few months, savings rates have hit their highest level in a decade. Let's get into the nitty gritty here. So savings rates are influenced by what's known as the base rate, which a lot of you will be more familiar with now as a term, because there's been a lot of talk about that uh, in the news over the past year. That is the uh, interest rate that the Bank of England pays to commercial banks that hold money with it. What really what you need to know in this context is that when that rate goes up, banks generally pass it on in the shape of higher savings rates. But the opposite is also true. So after the base rate was slashed to 0.1% um, during the pandemic, savings rates fell to, to record lows. So that was 2020, 2021. Um, I mean, you were looking at, yeah, 
almost almost nothing if <laughs> if we're being honest um 0.1% 0.2% um but in december 2021 the base rate went up for the first time in four years and it has gone up and up and up again since then and savings rates have followed suit so what that has meant in practice is that uh, if you rewind a year or so ago, the best you could hope to earn on an instant access account was 0.5%. So that is 50 quid after a year on a 10 grand deposit. Now you're looking at um, the best rate on an instant access account is up around 3%, just under 3%. So that means just under £300 on a 10 grand deposit, on the same 10 grand deposit. So things have really, really turned around. Um, and it's why we're talking about it all today. So as you say, Jenny, it's a far cry now from the pitiful rates we were talking about just over a year ago, though interest rates are still way behind inflation. But thinking back to that long period, did we get out of the habit of looking for the best savings deals? Because I know I was definitely guilty of that. Jill, savings rates might be better now, but have our habits changed? I think they have. I think they've, um, they've changed. It's definitely changed over the last um, 12 months, but it started during the pandemic. So if you were lucky enough to stay in work, um, during the pandemic, there was nothing to spend your money on. We couldn't go anywhere. And customers or us as individuals had money, but we had nowhere to put it. But it did focus the mind a little bit on the, the need to have a buffer and create something for yourself to get yourself through a difficult period, actually. So customers started to become aware that um, the savings you, um, you would choose, starting that among others in the marketplace. I think then the cost of living really changed um, habits and returns that you can get. You're seeing it mostly and doing this more frequently. You know, my generation and older will have never changed their bank accounts ever. Um, it's much more um, a thing nowadays and encouraged to do that because there are benefits, particularly if you have um, a subset of your bank account that's paying interest and it might be a very, very low rate of interest. You, know, you really do need to look at it and get the best return for your money that you can. So I think customers are just becoming more savvy much more focused on it, much more aware that they need to have um, something there to fall back on if we have hopefully never another pandemic, but something that's seismic that's going to change the way that we do. We're also seeing a little bit in the research from customers and actually younger customers at the fore of this, investing or saving into fixed term products. Now I can see why, because fixed term products generally are a higher interest rate than an easy access savings account or an ISA. But um, it's much more, not really long term, but one or two years, partly hedging against inflation. So if inflation is tipped to go down, getting a rate now and fixing it for one, two or three years is now sort of a focus. But I think you're right. I think people thought, well, you know, why bother? There's nothing out there for me to put my money in. It was, um, you know, I might as well spend it on something. Um, and now much more aware that there are lots of options out there and, you know, some some pretty good interest rates and now is the time to do it. Well before we go into the best accounts out there and how you can find the best one for you can we just go back to that point on inflation because while rates are decent now they're not going to be inflation are they? I mean inflation dropped slightly to 10.5% in December but savings accounts are still very far behind. Yeah this is a really important point actually and, and Really, high inflation is part of the story why savings rates have gone up in the first place in the past year. Uh, and that's because the Bank of England uses its base rate as a tool to control inflation. So by putting rates up, it is hoping to actually reduce people's spending uh, because borrowing gets more expensive. And the hope is that that should help to cool prices. 
But while it's now more rewarding to save because rates have gone up, um, inflation, as you say, Lucia, is at a much higher rate than even the best savings account is going to pay you. And unfortunately, the consequence of that is that while you might be seeing your pot grow thanks to the interest it's earning, you know, it was worth 100 quid last year, it's now worth 120. In real terms, it is actually losing value because everything else is getting more expensive more quickly. So just to, just to spell that out, you know, if inflation is ten percent, which it basically is at the moment, something that used to cost uh, ten pounds will now cost eleven pounds. But if you had ten pounds in a savings account that's paying four percent, which is decent in the context of the market. Um, that's only going to be worth £10.40, not enough to keep up with the increase in prices on the things that you actually want to buy. So you you can't really look at the savings market without having that, um, you know, consideration of inflation running running over the top of it. It it is quite depressing when you you layer that information on, but we we can't feel defeated. It, It really just makes it all the more important to take stock of your savings to make sure you're getting the best possible possible rate um, to, to ensure that, it, you know, it's, it's it's doing its best to keep up with inflation. And, and as Jill says, you know, if inflation, when inflation does does go down, um, hopefully that, that gap will close um, and you'll be in a better position. Well, the Bank of England is actually meeting as we speak, we're recording this on Thursday, to decide whether to increase the base rate again. But if it does, this is expected to be one of the last increases for a while. So does that mean savings rates are likely to be at their peak at the moment, Jill? So this has been a busy year with most of the market reacting positively to base rates, which is um, is great for savings customers. And we, Tennis and I, don't get any prior notice of the base base rate changes, um, same as any other organisation in that respect. So it's actually hard to say whether it's peaked um, at this stage. But for Ennis and I, what we will do, we'll continue to review our rates um, frequently. And really, we do that just to make sure they continue to meet changing customer needs. And as an organisation, of course, our approach is to take the view that we balance um, returns for savers against the cost of the taxpayer, and also uh, to make sure that we don't disrupt the wider financial services market. So as with everybody else, we'll be waiting at the moment to see what the results will be today and before we start looking at our next decisions. So for anyone thinking now is the time to act and make their savings work a little harder, can you run us through the different kinds of savings accounts out there and how to choose which is best for you, Jenny? A good place to start is to think about what it is you're hoping to do with the money that you're putting away. So in other words, what is your savings goal? So if if it's a nice holiday that you want to take in the next year or so, then you're going to need an account that lets you get your hands on that money nice and easily um, at the point where you want to book your break. But if you're thinking about buying, say, a new car in the next few years, so a bit longer term, then you're going to be better off looking at a fixed term account. So these are accounts that pay higher rates than accounts that let you access your money whenever you want. The trade off there is that you are going to be giving up access to your money for a set period. So that's usually between one and five years. Um, Of course, there's nothing to stop you from taking out different accounts for for different purposes, but you need to be aware of what the restrictions are on the different accounts and to be looking at how to maximise the interest rates on offer. Um, Another important thing to think about is tax. 
and whether you're likely to have to pay it. That is going to influence your choice on whether to go for an ISA or an ordinary savings account. So what you need to know here is that you can earn up to £1,000 in interest a year tax-free if you're a basic rate taxpayer. If you're a higher rate taxpayer, it's, uh, it's reduced to £500. So what that allowance means is that an ISA doesn't need to be your first port of call for your savings. And actually, they tend to pay lower rates. So unless you're worried about exceeding your um, tax-free savings allowance, just opt for the account that pays the most interest. And, and a, a little... Um, uh, ready reckoner here just just to sort of put it in context if if you are a basic rate taxpayer and you're looking at the you know the top one year fixed rate accounts at the moment that pay around four percent you're going to be able to save up to around twenty four thousand pounds in that account before you earn enough interest to tip you above that um one thousand pounds allowance just fi fi final point a little exception to the sort of don't go for an isa in the first instance rule is if you're aged between 18 and 39 and you're saving to buy your first home, a lifetime ISA is a really great place to start because you'll benefit from a 25% government bonus. So if you're saving the maximum £4,000 a year, you'll get a lovely extra £1,000 to, to put towards your pot. And Jenny, we haven't mentioned premium bonds yet, but I know they're extremely popular with savers. Jill, for anyone not already familiar with premium bonds, can you tell us how it all works? Yeah, I can do. It's it's a unique product in one sense, and it's similar in one sense in one way to um, a regular savings account. So what happens is that customers will pay into an account, and it's tax free for the payments in. It's tax free for any returns that you get. So it's hundred percent tax free, hundred percent secure. You can pay anything from twenty five pound to fifty thousand, and each pound that you get buys you a bond. So every month, every bond that you have goes into a drawer. Um, and if it doesn't win, then it goes into a draw month after month after month until you, know, you choose to take your money out. The The difference between this and, say, a lottery, for example, is that you always get your money back. So if you've invested 25000 as an example, you can withdraw that whenever you want to. And it will be paid just directly into your bank account in the same way that you would withdraw from a, a bank or a Bill and Society account. So you keep your original investment um, the bonds go into the drawer every month. If you're lucky enough to win a prize, that will get paid straight into your bank account because that's what most people have chosen to do nowadays. And the um, and the funds will still stay there and go into the um, drawer again next month. And from this month of February, the premium bond prize fund rate is going up from 3% to 3.15%. What is this figure actually referring to? And how do you work it out? So it's really referring to what a comparable interest rate would be. So because it is different in that you don't get interest um, as a result, the, the closest market that we can compare it to is the easy access savings market, but an account where there are no restrictions. Because there are some really good rates out there, but there are usually limits to the amount you can pay in or limits to the amount you can draw out per year if you, if you are able to withdraw within the first year. So what premium bond does, it looks at a rate that's comparable within the market in 3.15% in this case. And the way that we do that is that we take the total stock of all the bonds and all the funds that we have for premium bonds, we apply 3.15% to it, and that gives us an amount of money. We divide it by 12, and then we pay that back out every month in prizes. So 
what will happen after that is that we'll know we'll have a, a lump of money every month that we'll pay paid out in prizes. We will then look at what that will mean in terms of the odds, which are 24,000 to one at the moment, and then how we'll break that down. So we'll have the two one million pound prizes. How do we spread that among all of the other prizes that we have? And the approach that we've taken in the sort of last couple of interest rate rises or repricing that we've had on premium bond is to put more prizes into the higher value brackets um, so instead of sort of putting into 25s which is the most common win that um, you would get we spread them more among this sort of 50s 100s 500s and higher um, to give a, a better return so the customers have the same chance of winning but then have a higher value prize when they actually do win so Jill, obviously the, the big selling point of premium bonds is that possibility of, of winning big but but the flip side is that that you could, in theory, win win nothing at all, and that you know there are no guaranteed returns, as there might be on on an ordinary savings account. As as the wider savings market has, has picked up and and returns are improving, have you have you seen that translate into, uh, you know, more muted interest in in premium bonds, or, or are they just as, as popular as ever? It's really interesting. You would you would expect so, wouldn't you? The the way that we price them is really to give a good return on it. But you're right. If you if you've never won a prize, then that's for nothing really because you you haven't had a return on your um on your investment. We've seen no fall off at all within premium mm. bonds, and in fact, over the last few months, it's increased. Wow. Now, partly that it's kind of a big year because it's anniversary year for it, and it's been going forever. And it's in many ways it's an irrational product because on the one hand everybody hopes that they might win the million sort of know that they probably won't but really value the the lower value prizes sort of arriving so you know we have the prize checker out people check that every month we know there's little clubs going around the country where people compare what they've got and there, there are facebook pages around it. it doesn't seem to affect its popularity it's a little bit apart from the general interest rate and it's still a significant part of um, NSNI and it doesn't show any signs of waning. Quite a phenomenon isn't it in, this, in the savings world? I was going to say it's one of those products that makes you really proud to be part of an organisation because it's because of the history and the, the legacy of it grandparents will remember getting them they still buy them for their grandchildren and you know it's the link between generations as well and often and particularly now where grandparents are the ones that might have more money available they're buying it for their children to give them a bit of a start and give them a savings habit and give them a bit of a start for the future so it has wider interest other than just winning the prize for themselves and of course if you are a premium bond holder it's good to know your chances of winning a bigger prize will be increasing this month and Jenny now then if we cast our net a bit wider can we run through some of the savings deals available right now Yes. Okay. Let's start at the easy access um, end of the market. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned at the top, you're looking at just under 3% there for the most um, competitive accounts available. Uh, today, as we speak at the top of the table, um, it's occupied by Yorkshire Building Society, which is paying 2.85%. So that is a return of £285 on a uh, £10,000 deposit after a year. As I've already mentioned, if you're if you're able to to go without access to your money um, for for a longer period, then you can benefit from better interest rates compared to those easy access accounts. So with a one with a one year fixed um, account market, you're looking at around four percent. 
So yeah, towards the top of the table there, you've got Habib Bank Zurich, which is offering 4.1%. Um, so that's £410 return on a £10,000 deposit. But the, the catch there, if you like, is that it requires a minimum deposit of £5,000. And actually, while we're talking about uh, one-year fixed rate accounts, it's it's good to have um, Jill on the line here, because as of this week, um, there's been quite a fanfare around the relaunch of NSNI's one-year guarantee growth bonds, which um, are paying 4%. So right at the top end of the market and actually the highest they've offered since since 2010. Um, Jill, have we already seen a, a flurry of, of interest in, in, in these uh, guaranteed growth bonds? We have. Yeah, it was launched yesterday and then they've started to come through. It's always been a popular product and we haven't had it on sale for quite some time, as you say. And it's great. It's actually really nice to be able to put something out there at a good rate. And it's tapping into that part of the market where, as I said earlier, customers are now looking to fix their rate for a little bit longer and a reasonable rate to try and hedge against anything that's happening in the future. But yeah, nice um, nice inflows at the moment from customers and a high level of interest um, in, the, in, the, in the growth bond. Yeah, I'm not, not surprised. So yeah, around about 4, 4% if you can uh, go without your money for, for a year. And then if you're willing to tie up your money for longer, um, you can get a little bit more. So if you look up at the five-year um, fixed rate end of the market, uh, you'll find that Ford Money is offering a market leading 4.4% on its five-year bond. And can we just touch on the fact that there are a lot more options now than just savings with a traditional high street bank? But but is this an issue that some people will be excluded from banks that are only online or apps? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really valid point, Lucia. The, the, the reality is that if you are comfortable opening and managing your savings accounts online, you are likely to benefit from better returns. Um, we actually did some analysis last year that, that showed exactly that, that accounts with branch access paid significantly lower rates on average um, than those that can be only accessed online or, or via via a smartphone app. If you can afford to do, do without branch access and, and manage things via your phone or, or your computer, then then it, it really will, will pay off. Uh, your money is protected in exactly the same way, regardless of, of, of how you manage it. And actually, you know, it can be it can be really convenient. Um, you know, you can check your balance more easily via an app, for example. I think Jill mentioned the popularity of the the uh, premium bonds prize checker app. Of course, you know, that there will be people who, who can't access um, accounts in, in that way for, for whatever reason, which is unfortunate, but but there, there's nothing to stop um, providers sort of operating in, in that way. You're, you're seeing a lot more in, in the savings markets, providers that, that are purely online. They don't have any any branch presence. They might not even be familiar names, but they are they are shooting right right to the top of the table. So, yeah, pace, pace to have a, a, an open mind, I guess. And I would um, just add that I can only take this from NSNI's point of view. So we, we do have online products, but all of our online also have a telephone option for those who are digitally excluded, that who might not have access to online in the first place, or just might not have the confidence to be able to do it, or they worry about security of their money that they've you know worked all their lives, um, to do that online. We do have a phone there um, as a support. It's a free phone number, but that's partly because we don't have the branches. So normally, if you're a high street bank or building society, you would be able to go in and you know, talk this through with whoever's at the counter to help you through it. We don't, as an organisation, we don't differentiate between the channels in that way. So we don't have higher rates for online. It's the same rate which whichever channel you choose, because it's recognising that 
being old doesn't make you vulnerable, but increasingly I'm finding that customers are just demanding it. So they, they're looking at online as their first point of call. If they want to look at interest rates, they go straight online. Or they'll, um, if they're looking for information or they just want to do you know, a benchmarking check, they will go online. So if you haven't got an online offering, um, it would be unusual nowadays, but you do have to take everybody along with you and leave nobody behind on this. And finally then, going back to our episode a few weeks ago on ways to make money in 2023, do go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already. Um, there we talked about current accounts offering cash back for switching. Does anything similar exist in, in the savings world? I'm sorry to disappoint the chair. Sadly not, in the sense that no. you're not going to find um, any savings accounts out there paying you a nice cash bonus just, just for opening a, an account with them, at least none that I can think of. Um, but actually, it is worth saying a little bit about, you know, now you've mentioned current accounts, about how current accounts can play a part in your in your overall savings strategy, um, because they can actually be a decent home for your money, um, those that pay interest, that is, um, albeit, you know, on, on relatively small balances. But you've got the likes of Nationwide, which pays its Flex Direct customers 5% on balances up to £1,500, which, which isn't too shabby. So in some cases, current accounts can be, a, a, you know, a decent holding pen for money that you need easy access to, you know, for, for, for smaller savings amounts. Um, another point on current accounts is that being a current account customer of certain uh, providers can actually give you access to exclusive regular savings accounts. So these are accounts where you can pay in a set amount each month. It's relatively small, again, but it helps you get into that habit, especially if you haven't got a huge amount, if you're just hoping to be sort of disciplined and setting aside a little bit um, every month. These are well worth a look. So First Direct is is the most noteworthy player in in that space. Um, Happens to be a witch recommended provider for for current accounts, um, but it pays its current account customers a pretty whopping 7% on its regular saver. The, ca- the caveat there, as I just said, is that you are restricted in how much you can pay into those accounts each month. So the interest you're going to earn it will be lower than if you deposited a, a nice chunky lump sum at the outset. Um, so with that first direct account, you've got a maximum of £300 that you can pay in a month. So you'd end up with £136 in interest after the 12-month term is up. So it's not, you know, it's it's not enormous, but it's, it's well worth a look if, if you do want to, to get into the habit. A huge thank you to Jenny and Jill for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money Podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly, and edited by Rob with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matthew Jenkins.